Hello everybody, this episode is over an hour long and also late. Why? Well, as to the length, it's a meandering conversation and there wasn't many opportunities for me to cut it down. And there's also some random conversations that I wanted to keep because, well, I thought they were funny. As for it being late, there was some balance issues and then some technical issues and file corruption. As it's over an hour long, it took me some time to get it all together again. Either way, it's here now. Enjoy. Hello and welcome once again to the M4 Project, a movie podcast where we watch films the wider public have missed and tell you if they're worth watching. This week's film is from 1998, Very Bad Things, written and directed by Peter Berg and starring Christian Slater and a whole bunch more. As always, I'm Matthew Jelanek. Michael Sullivan. And I'm Morgan Davidson. What do you got this week, mate? One thing that really annoys me is various councils around Australia's attempt to try and save money by giving you that little plastic fucking sleeve toilet paper. You know the one that basically oh, looks like yeah, baking yeah, paper? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? In public toilets. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. literally comes out it's of a like tissue box. Paper, but yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's not it's not soft at all. It's basically smooth yeah. and just it's, smears it's one, shit literally yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> one half of the inner layer of three-ply toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have the texture to actually no, collect no. any shit. It just, no, kind of no, just, it just no. moves it around. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it is waxed. Like, it's yeah. a wax paper. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It just smears. I just... Like, I end up using... More like, of it? Probably a box of it. If you've... If you've yeah. Unless you've got a clean snap. I am inevitable. Which no. you could... You, you just it's go... It's rare. I can just... Yeah. Like... With those Man. ones, you've, you've end up, you use at least three to four times more toilet paper. Because yeah, you're building your own three-ply out of it. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh, not even that. That doesn't even work. I've yeah. tried laying it, laying it to yeah. just try and get a bit more grab. Nothing. Honestly, I've crunched it just to scrape. The, no. No. No, it doesn't nothing. work. And it I once put it around thing. like a wood block to use it like a, a patch of um, sanding paper. Didn't work either. Um <laughs> No, it does. It's not good. I just, I just feel if they went for at least a two ply minimum, they'd save so much. From you realise what it is, right? Though it's not toilet paper. If you look on the box, there's an asterisk that says toilet paper asterisk, and the little asterisk is, "This is a lie. This is just to be the conv- you like socially convenient thing to say. You're not directly using your hand, but that's what we want you to do." <laughs> You'd find it like because usually on those public toilets yeah. that have this. There's so that are the big cubicles that mm. have the actual mm. friggin' sink in with you. Yeah. You'd probably be quicker just to rub it yourself yeah. and then wash your hands. Oh, yeah, so they've got those really big circular ones yeah. that you get, and they're fine. Yeah. Those toilet papers are yeah. alright, and they would. would Look, well, it's not the greatest, but it's in comparison. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, it's chalk and cheese. Yeah. Have you, you ever tried to use chalk speak? or cheese? What is the fact that those toilets that usually have them don't have a toilet seat? They're just a metal oh, fucking yeah. oh, that's rim. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's who okay. who ever looked and they went, "That's an acceptable." place to, to, to shit. Oh, Speaking shit in worse of places. While I was away, I saw two signs that were interesting. One was in Alice Springs in a supermarket where you had to pay in an honesty system 50 cents to use the toilets. Mm. And two, at Uluru, I saw a sign that says no standing on toilet. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, both in tourist traps, I yeah, see that. Both the, one of them would be because probably because they truck in the water, I would say, because I've been to a few places where they've had to actually get their water delivered yeah. Yeah. to use the toilet and sort of stuff. So they pay as on the system to use the toilet. So you have to pay for the water. Uh, and the other one would be for people that countries that have squat toilets. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I've seen, I saw those it's random signs. Yeah. I've seen those signs. I was in, um, usually in casinos. I've seen them in both the Sydney and Melbourne, uh, stars. Like you go to the bathroom and on the back of the toilet, there'll be the cutout toilet man peeing into a toilet and there's someone shitting on a toilet. And then there's the one with the big cross through it of the guy squatting on the toilet like some sort of turd golem or gargoyle, rather. <laughs> turd my, praying mantis. Yeah. Stinky precious. Yeah, that's just the gargoyle sitting there. It's like, I shall protect these lambs. Or the Galgothan shit demon from yep. the drama. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yes. that's my rant Jeez. over. Yeah. Council should at least buy at least the big roll. The big roll toilet yeah. paper. Yeah, exactly. Instead yeah. of the fucking I say baking paper. Install industrial strength bidets. bidets. <laughs> yeah. Just blast your ass out. I want to be able to like <laughs> detach one of them and just use it to clean my driveway. That's the sort of pressure I'm talking <laughs> oh. about. Uh, Get the, I've got a lot of hair back there, yeah, Mike. that's true. It, it needs to blow it out of the way. It's time for another episode of Unnecessary Imagery. My butt crack looks like two smoked hams eating an afro wig. Yeah. And you need an industrial shape hair dryer at the end of it then. Oh, yeah. Oh. You want to just see people hovering hovering over Can the edges. You know when you use walls. a hair dryer and then you... like You obviously would use a hair dryer. I do not. You do not. I, I do not let use it. it. I just let, let it dry. Strip dry. Okay. You've used a hair dryer, surely. Or you've, at some point, yes. yes. Right. The smell of the hair that's kind of burning. Can you imagine yeah. the smell Matthew would get? Ooh, boy. Oh, jeez. That Ooh. would be... Dear God. No one thought of that, did they? Oh, no. No, no, no. Would Matt need help trimming the, the dangleberries out of his ass hair? My God. Because I mean, he's... <laughs> it would... <laughs> it would going back to My God. Here. It would smell like a like a house fire in a leper colony. Jesus Christ. Just <laughs> moistness and death. Terrible. And, <laughs> anyway, this week's Ooh. film is... Very bad things. From 1998. All-star cast, really. I was surprised when they started turning up who was in it. Yeah, um, it's directed by Peter Berg. It's a 1998 black, American black comedy, uh, worst case scenario. Horror, thriller, almost. Mm. Um, it stars uh, Cameron Diaz, John Favreau, Jeremy Piven, I love in this movie, mm-hmm. um, and Christian Slater. There's a few other guys, like, um, is it Leyland also? Leyland also. Um, he's the guy out of he's in Home Alone. Home Alone, too, or yeah. Home Alone, he's, he's one, one of the, the bumbling the, thieves. The, no, no, that's not Leyland. That's... Uh, isn't it? Da- that's Daniel. You think of Daniel Stern? Oh, right. I am. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I am too. Sorry. Um, but yeah. no, no. Uh, Leyland also he's played a lot of uh, creepy sort of characters. Like he's been in. My God, he was the wheelchair guy in Alien Resurrection. That's he right. was also. He's been in a few things. He's one of those character actors that you were like, oh, you're that weird sort of slightly creepy guy. He was also the in Seven, the yes. Brad Pitt Morgan Freeman film, the guy shaking who's fucked the prostitute to death. That dude. Right. So anyway. Uh, yeah, as I said, sort of like a worst case scenario sort of black comedy film. Kyle Fisher. Well, I would say worst to worster to worstest case, case scenario. scenario. Uh, so John Farrow's character, Kyle, uh, is about to get married to um, Laura, who's played by Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. And before they obviously get wed, uh, he's going to, of course, have his Bucks party, which is going to happen in Vegas. Him and a bunch of his mates organise it. They go away. Everything is going as, I suppose, normal-ish Bucks parties would go. There's cocaine. There's... Yeah. <laughs> Is, Going to the extremes of it. Yes, yeah. there's, there's cocaine, there's alcohol. Of course, there's gambling at a casino. Yeah. Um, and uh, Robert Boyd, who I was basically just referred to as Boyd in the entire movie, played mm-hmm. by Christian Slater, um, has organised a uh, prostitute. To, oh, a stripper, to, to, to stripper, ostensibly. That will, a stripper that will go the extra yeah. the extra step. You tack on the extra money. Yeah, mm-hmm. do tack on money. Yeah. Um, so anyway, one of, the, one of the boys, Michael, decides to, to take her up on the offer, starts having... I say rough sex, not in a in a in a, in a exploratory sex. sex. In that they're moving around the room, room a lot. 
Mm. Anyways, and he hits the heart, hits her, uh, what's it? He puts up against a wall quite firmly. Passionately. Passionately, yes. There's a towel hook, which basically lodges right in the back of her skull. Killing her instantly. Um, but he has a few pumps first before he realises that that is the case. Mm. And then we get in this situation of, oh my fucking God, we have killed a prostitute. Or oh, one of us has mm. killed a prostitute um, and everyone in the room is kind of, of now, what's the word? Affiliated. Involved. Uh, uh, accomplices, in Yeah, that's sense. the one. Accomplices. Um, because there's, there's, there's a room full of coke. Accessories. accessories. That's the word, Mike. Because Thank they're you. being wild and having a great time, things got broken. It does look like there might have been a bit of a struggle if you yeah. were to put it in this context. And she has ended up dead. Boyd devises a plan as far as they're going to remove this problem. Um, yeah. So he says basically moving the problem from point A to point B in the least amount of steps possible. Yeah. Um, and they all have their own little struggles with this to begin with, but come around to the idea that is until a security guard arrives and basically throws a whole new set of problems. Security guard's killed, and now they have two bodies to get rid of, and thus basically leads to the rest of the movie mm-hmm. and how it all unfolds. Mm. Yeah. Where the first... Murder. Well, not really murder. The first was just accidental was homicide, and it was like, a- and this one is a directly no. I we we all definitely you. killed someone. Yeah, <laughs> you killed someone, and we all stood back and let it happen. So now we're all definitely directly accomplices to murder. Yeah, well, this is this thing happens a lot in movies where someone gets like an accidental death, or someone's accidentally yeah. killed, and none of them, everyone, never one is ever level headed. They never think no. we should report this to police now exactly with what happened because at worst. Yeah, it would be it would be accidental hom- yeah, exactly. homicide ball. But the, the problem was, I did like um, actually throughout the film, the dialogue is, is great. The way that they they interact with one another, there are characters sitting there going, "Let's call the police. police. We should call them yeah. now. I'm going yeah. to call them now. I'm picking up the phone." And Boyd's hanging up the phone for him, going, "No, yeah. no, 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 that'll fuck you up." So he's getting into their heads earlier then that thought can really get in and be like, no, 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 you'll get fucked up. We'll all end up in prison. But listen to my plan. I'm the calm one now. You're not calm. I'm calm. Listen to me. I have a plan. And in that moment, they're going, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe that is the right thing. I don't, uh, yeah, I guess. I've we've, My friend's killed someone. I don't know how to react to this. And now we've stabbed another guy. And now I know for certain, certain that yeah. I'm an accomplice yeah. to that one. When, I am fucked. And the, the thing, you're the only an accomplice thing, to that murder, yeah. though, if you let it continue and you didn't try to, you didn't so it, report yeah. it or anything. But, yeah, but, but they all did, though. They yeah. all contributed to letting him die. And they were all, I think, true. What, what was very clever, well, before we get into the main part of this podcast, but what was very clever was that that was a big hole. They had an accidental death and they mm-hmm. removed, they got rid of the body, which the way they got rid of it is, is immoral in a sense. And they, and they've covered up a, Someone dying, I suppose, mm-hmm. and tampering with the body and all those things. But it's all very small until you compare that actually deliberately killed someone. Yes. Now, and then covered up that crime. And then covered up that crime. Yeah. Now, if they had have left the gap too big, you're like, oh, there was all this opportunity just to call up the one thing. But, but they yeah. quickly followed it up by putting in something that they were all involved in, making mm-hmm. them tired. Because at one point, it was only one guy that yeah. had done, I suppose, anything wrong. And he hasn't even done anything wrong. It yeah. was an accident. But to quickly tying everybody being involved it yeah. gives them no real escape mm. in a sense yeah yeah and i will say for this film as well none of these cat well just the nature of any film no one is ever truly a representation of of a human character because if they did the human thing which is i think both mike and i would do be like i think we should just call call in now that's probably the best thing to do we wouldn't have a movie we wouldn't have the movie that we're watching and two, none of these characters, as we find out throughout the film, 
have uh, they are none of them are carrying a moral torch. No, they're all despicable people, people. especially just in the way that the film continues and the way all the things that do and the way I think there's only one in it that is at best sort of redeemable, and that is Adam, the 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 brother of the guy who did the original accidental death. Yeah. Um, he, he isn't fully down with it at True. all at any real point and, in the movie. Well, yeah, and he does go one. along with it, but he was the one who was <clears throat> saying, let's call the cops, let's yeah. call the cops. And he's the one that cracks first because he yeah. really doesn't think it's right. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes along with it, so he's, he, he is, yeah. uh, you know, grouped with the others, but he's the one who's probably only redeemable, you could say, in that sense. Who was the which character was it the one that doesn't talk much was that's uh, Moore that was yeah, uh, yeah. that was, that was Moore, Moore. Le- Leland also Leland also plays Charles Moore so um his his character is essentially he doesn't talk much it's told more he's supposed times. to be an odd guy yeah the odd guy that doesn't talk much he's a mechanic kind of keeps to himself doesn't talk a whole lot which he doesn't talk much in the movie quite frankly when when does he sort of play into it I think he also kind of takes a back seat he takes a back yeah. seat but I think he just... he doesn't argue the point of yeah, it being yeah, wrong true. yeah true yeah. true true okay. A shorter quick path ten is basically it's a bachelor party goes wrong, wrong. leads yep. to an accidental death, a direct murder, disposes of corpses, and then trying to live with the guilt of that. Your friends breaking in the once bachelor party turning into a pile of bodies, murder soup, murder soup, basically. Mm. Uh, so we've got, uh, <laughs> so we've got uh, John Favreau playing Kyle Fisher as the. Happy-go-lucky bachelor. Buck. He's the he's the buck. Yeah, he's the buck. Um, I will say at the start of this film, you think it's just going to be a buddy comedy because yeah. I had no idea what this film was going to be. I thought it was going to be basically. buddy comedy. Like I was like, oh, okay, it starts off. This is going to be like precursor to the Hangover kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It gets a lot darker. So he's you're getting married to this very controlling woman, Bridezilla. Bridezilla. Like, yeah. But they're escaping for the week and they're getting away. Uh, he's got all of his young, his friends who he's been friends with, some of them from the third grade, including uh, Leyland also playing Charles Moore, a very quiet and odd mechanic. Christian Slater playing the real estate tycoon and self-help loving yeah. guru. He's just basically done Boyd. like a, 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 I suppose a diploma yeah. or a, a he's done a course in, in, in positive motivation and selling. Yeah, and he's uh, constantly which, which leads to some of the best speeches brilliant yeah. in this film. Yeah, he's giving speeches about how to actuate our inner selves and how we're going to deal with the problem of disposing multiple bodies. Uh, that His name's Robert Boyd. We've got Jeremy Piven playing Michael Burkow, the probably the most cokiest and whore-fucking-out of all of them. He's uh, basically exactly like he seems to be in real life. Yeah. Uh, and, and, then Daniel, yeah and, then, <laughs> and then Daniel Stern of uh, the Home Alone film fame uh, playing Adam Burkow, Michael Burkow's older brother, father of two, loves his minivan, very straight and narrow fella who doesn't deal well with being involved as an accomplice to double murder. No, not at all. No, not at all. I'd also argue that it was a singular murder. The first one was not on purpose. Oh, will, was it? He had intent, but not intent to kill. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah. He was, you're right, he intended to <laughs> penetrate her, and he did. Yeah, but did in, in two ways. Yeah. Um, in the both first one-man DP. Nice. Mm, nice. Wow. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, so going to actual characters, actors. Oh, wow. He technically did the Eiffel Tower with a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wouldn't it be amazing if he had done it at the Eiffel Tower? That would be <laughs> the ultimate Eiffel <laughs> Tower. <laughs> oh, God. It's gone layers deep. Um, so, so did the uh, wall hook. Uh, <laughs> let's go on to... Okay, so John Favreau to start off with as Cole Fisher. How, yeah. did, how did we think in, in his role? Um, I think... Because for the most part, at the start of the film, in reacting to all these things, he's just sitting there quietly going, I've got to get married. 
he doesn't do a lot. It's not until like the really extreme it's resp- moments. It's, re- it's replying to yeah. his wife a lot yeah. in those opening uh-huh. scenes. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. And he just seems to be this guy who's just happy to f- go with the flow, even if, even when he's going out with his mates, going with the flow. Wife demanding him calls the freaking hire company chair about people. the chairs. Yeah. Go with the flow. And it's not until these moments where he starts to break that some sort of character nuance comes out. But he feels very much like just the... Uh, feels very bland. Yeah, he feels bland. Like he he's just a, he's just a necessary it. component for these other character actors to do their thing. Because yeah. yeah, he, the entire story of the movie base is based around him, so he's just there through it. Mm, yeah. But he's not actually a focal point of it's it. It's probably not until like, really two thirds through that he actually grows as a character yeah. to actually get yeah. a few more lines and just do react and yeah. do something. Everyone else in the cast, you can sort of go, "Oh, that guy was the psychotic guy. That guy was the quiet guy. That was," yeah. and you're like, "He was the yeah." The guy that they were all there for. for. Yeah. <laughs> that was- Which is what I'm saying. He's just there going with the flow. And yeah. as a character, yeah, you can basically tell that if they couldn't have the the cause of the person, like the, they couldn't have the buck be anything too big in the story. Well, couldn't be the killer and he couldn't be the psychopath and he couldn't be the quiet one. So that just leaves the middle ground. And as a result, we, he ends up being a bland character. Yeah. yeah. Leland Orser is shows more odd. Yeah. He's basically the, the um, oh, what's his name? Steve Carell's character from Anchorman. Brick. Brick. Yeah. He's basically almost that because he's the guy who jumps through the table yeah. and makes it look, this whole scene mm. sort of look worse than it actually is because he's covered in blood now. And yeah. He does a cannonball through a glass table, table, which earlier on he'd done line after line after line of coke off that table and riding the highs of his enjoyment he was standing on the couch and went fuck yes that's what i'm gonna do and does it <laughs> and everyone's smiling for a moment then he starts laughing they all start laughing he laughs harder and ah meanwhile there's a corpse in the bathroom slowly cooling <laughs> <laughs> cameron diaz is plays one of the biggest bride sellers you've ever seen in your but brilliant in, quite well. brilliant in the role yeah of the character oh, that she is, but, oh, oh she's the worst person in the fucking <laughs> yeah. world like you're just oh like god. oh my god like and no fucks given about anything it's all about her it's also even to, to the very end until she has a mental yeah. fucking breakdown it's all about her and the yeah. reason they end up in the situation they they end up in it it's because is because it was so much about her yeah like yeah. she she is bridezilla to the truest sense like it seems to be it makes the character if you look too deep into it very very flat and that she has this one goal but that's what makes that character so annoying and so bitchy tick. it's like i've wanted to get married yeah, it's her years. yeah it's her her she's building her perfect wedding and she's been building it for who knows how long and she's gonna get it no matter fucking what and it's like there's other things in life no that's the wedding mm-hmm. and that's her character and it's so so makes me uh, oh cameron diaz well done <laughs> Couldn't stand, especially the chairs. She's complaining the about the pillows. <laughs> They're not going to be cushion chairs. They're going to be gold, but not cushion. It's like people can sit on a scarf or something. It's like it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's and, it's like, and then it's like, do you love me? Yeah. yeah do you? It's like, yeah, of course. Then fix the chairs. chairs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so much. Christian Slater's Robert Boyd is the best character. I think is the best character mm. and the best actor in this movie. Yeah. yeah. His delivery of dollar. Yeah, Christian Slater is very similar to um, Robert Downey Jr. in a sense. Mm. Both of them had massive drug escapades when they were younger and went off the rails. And Robert Downey Jr. pulled it back really well. Christian Slater, did he pull it back? Has he done really anything? Other than, I don't know what like, he's done recently, but he's one of those actors that I get excited to see when he's in this. Things. Like, his delivery of dialogue, you go, mm. man, you have some serious motherfucking talent. Mm, yeah. The way he, like, they construct his character to just break down a situation yeah. and his explanation of why we're going to do it this way like to sell yeah. how we're going to remove this corpse yeah. from this room we have a problem yeah 
is looking at it completely rationally at that point and it's yeah. like it's taking out all the other shit and it's just we need to get this from point a to point okay. b it's incredibly cold-hearted it's incredibly like is it, he doesn't seem to have any morals about it but yeah. it's what needs to get done, done for them to continue living so his explanation like, of that as well he's yeah. like because the easiest way to do it is a straight line we don't have that it's like <laughs> we've got a physical straight, straight line, line. <laughs> but we've got the shortest distance between the points of we have bodies and we need to dispose of them this is how we're going to get and he basically in in a sense uh he, like he gets a bit too caught up in everything yeah and gets a bit keen about the killing yeah. um but he 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 is the reason why they get out of that room yeah. safely in, yeah. in, in a He's sense also the reason why they got way deeper into shit yes that is true that so. is true <laughs> but in, in, without him i'm sure they probably would have just called the cops and been fine but then they would have had everything else that went went with that mm-hmm. and I don't, it wasn't just a case in this movie of we've accidentally killed someone it was We've accidentally killed a prostitute, mm. a stripper prostitute, yeah. whilst we were doing a hell of cocaine, and it's all going to look bad for everyone. And yeah. all that kind of mm. shit. It wasn't as simple as yeah, with his dead body. Yeah. It's not, we all know it's none of our fault. Yeah, none of them wanted the what was going to come with ringing yeah. the police to make that. What well, if they look start looking deeply in that into that room that which they would? Yeah, given whether they'd find a lot more. But yeah, his his ability to give TED talks on oh. disposals of bodies, <laughs> it was engaging, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You were, why am I agreeing to this? And he, well, his explanation later on in the movie when other people start like, yeah, here's what the plan was, yeah. right? She was in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even at that point. Like, and you're like, holy fuck. Yeah, <laughs> as the characters in the car with like tears rolling down their face, like, and that's why they're both dead. <laughs> All right. And may I say, she was a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, any other characters? Jeremy, have we sort of to cover Jeremy yeah, Piven? No, we haven't gotten Jeremy. Piven um, yet. He is a slow burn of a character yeah. in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, he starts to crack up and lose it, but he's the the Jewish character they've played him yeah. as. In a sense, works so well for yeah. it. Like the the um, like at the wake, and yeah. the just they make him a little when he starts to crack. A bit extra Jewish, yeah. Um, Which I yeah, think okay, I think is great. Sure. I think yeah. it's great because it starts uh, when they're like driving to Vegas. He starts calling his older mother, who's driving the, the minivan. It's like, say it, say what you want to call me, because it's like calling him a penny pincher and whatnot. He's like, you're a Jew, <laughs> and so like you're playing like the off the self hating Jew kind of thing. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm uh, playing down the whole Jewish thing. But as he gets deeper into this thing, it just all pours out of him, and he's oh. like. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting there screaming biblical at them or like Torah stuff at them and like oh my god he's a fantastic little actor like he's oh, I shouldn't call him little, little. <laughs> but he's he's a great actor because his initial reaction when he's like I fucked up I fucked up and he's shaking because he's covered yeah. in blood you believe and he's like that oh he's fuck and core. then as it as it continues as the film goes on he's like no no we can do it we can do it we can do it and then certain other things happen and when he starts to break you're like oh yeah, my God, it's believable but also ridiculous at the same time. Overall, yeah, like, overall, I'd say that the acting is probably the strongest, the strongest point of this film. Oh yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's they've done really well, especially yeah. with how their characters changed throughout the movie. Either they progressively continue down the path they're going, or they just take complete one eighties mm. and to go into a crumbling mess. Um, yep. It's probably the strongest part of the film that yeah. I found. And Daniel Stern has the last person of real, any real note. Oh yeah, he, uh, he's I probably probably. <sighs> He's great in it in a sense, but he's also probably one of the weakest. Um, yeah, uh, and and also, 
he does tend to play the same character in a lot of things. Yeah. Like he's got uh, this range of sort of. I think he was incredible in Bushwhacked. I'm just he was. That was great. That was a. That's one of my probably. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it was one of my favorite films from him. He does have like these sort of <laughs> limited uh, limited capacity, but what he does, he does well. He's one of those actors who basically puts on the same mask every time, but it's the character that they needed, and he he nails it. So, yeah. Um. He is probably the. He's the first one to break, and he's the one that the entire time is has is against what's going on in the plan that Boyd has mm. put in place, being the father of two children and a lover of his minivan he's just so soft and gooey he's like no 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 i can't, point, I can't be involved point, after they kill the guard he's like do you think he was a father do you think he had kids yeah, yeah. and then later on they see you see the face Motherfucker. you see the face in the newspaper i knew he had kids yeah. i knew it we killed a father is that boy on the phone <laughs> you're a fucker you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> They're in the office in this tiny little area taking this phone call. Moving on from that, the looks and tone. Um, the looks. Oh, you don't uh, want to talk about Kobe Tang? Who? The prostitute. Oh, the prostitute. She's hot. Yeah. Um, uh, she's an adult film star. She is. Yes. Uh, I actually, I think I did some research. On I was going to say something. Actually, I did some research actually, too. She won. She won. Uh, well, she was nominated for best best scene in a fucking yeah. something or other. Uh, she starred in such okay. films as Hard to Hard to Swallow, Sleeping Booty, <laughs> Captain Organ. <laughs> Face Invaders. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Babylon. I don't oh, think I like that. I don't like that. Jeez. Uh, Fillmore Butts takes care of business. And Stardust. That's right. She was... Um, okay, so she won Best American Starlet uh, at the Ceremony at Hot Door Award. Uh, at the AVN Awards, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in a Film. Um, and she was also best group. She nominated for she best group sex scene film with Shane Collins, Evan Stone, and Andrew Youngman. Was and that a specific award for those actors? Yeah, I don't know. Best group best scene group with Shane Youngman. <laughs> Very small. She was nominated for no, poor industry man. It's huge. Single performance. It's like forty people. Yeah, yeah. She was fit. Yeah. Uh, looks and tone. Uh, the looks are dark. Yeah. It starts off uh, and bright. So, yeah, bright and happy, and that's what made me think. Sort of like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's just your classic buddy something's going to go a little bit wrong in, in Vegas and they've got to undo yeah. all these sort of things like a mixture between like ha- the hangover and go but no it went very dark very quick and became sort of almost thrillery like the the colour palette in this thing's all yellows and greens and people are constantly dirty because they're burying people in the desert multiple times and shot fairly well uh, nothing was too distracting there was no scenes that took me out of it and anything as the movie went on there was a lot more shots at night mm. obviously yep. everything was darker constantly yeah. darker and there was most shots up until the end were at night time yeah. weren't they like, yeah. there was a day lot. at the start and then pretty much everything else was at night time yeah. Yeah. and then it was only day right at the very end yeah. I guess so I think it sort of goes with the fact that it's going just downhill fast yeah. and it's yeah. more thematic for yeah. them to be in the darkness both morally yeah, and visually yeah I guess the primary issue I had with this movie is the tone around the comedy in that it wasn't very funny, I found. No. And I felt like a lot of the scenes where it was trying to be funny, it wasn't and it made it really bad because of it. I didn't think they were overly trying to be funny at all. Well, I, for example, when I bring up... Uh, I think the... My, oh, for, sorry. Yeah. For, for me, most of the comedy in this came through the dialogue, the ridiculous and dialogue comedy. Yeah. I didn't find there was any gags, but no, 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 not gags. Um, so I guess what I'll, for one point, I'll explain is that when they've stabbed the guard in the chest several times, they pushed him into the room, and he's screaming, going, "Oh God, please help me! I'm bleeding! Please help me! I'm dying!" It has the old gag of, "Oh, the monster's banging on the door," and they're all and then, up and, against and then it, they, and it pauses, and they're like, "Oh, I think it stopped," and then it bangs again. You're like, "Ah, oh, yeah. look, they're all re- like, they they did that gag, yeah, while he's screaming agony, yeah." Like, 
that, like blood well, they, they did that kind of thing as well and they do like their music cues as well which yeah. like is that is that going to be funny I'm laughing because it's ridiculous yeah. and I'm a terrible human being and I want to funny <laughs> but I was like was that meant to be directly funny? Yeah, that's what. I, like, that's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, like, there the, was. the tone of it was completely off for comedy. Yeah, um, it's I don't know. Yeah, it just felt like it was all just morally bankrupt. But they're mm. trying to make jokes. Yeah, I didn't get that, in that. at all. No, no, no. no. I, I think it's supposed to be morally bankrupt. It's supposed to oh, be. Yeah, I get, it's, okay. For another example, what, is, what, what I got from it. Sorry to interrupt you, but it, no. I got it like it's the sense of humor of like an internet edge lord. I'm like, Ugh! so even, even no, that, I, don't really I didn't even. To be honest, watching that that that, I don't think there was a push to try and be funny. Maybe there was, but I didn't. Nah. I didn't I thought that was it. a try, like a troped gag. Another one is the whole funeral scene. I felt that whole scene was awful. I hated that scene with a burning passion. <laughs> Where is? I thought it was so terrible. That's why I was. I, I thought so it was. Hard. Well, the thing is, so that because it's because the tone is that holy shit, this really fucking terrible thing has happened, and now this guy turns into a bumbling piece of shit that then trips over the casket. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. hilarious. And, and you're like, man, it's like it's a slapstick thing, but it completely fa- like the tone of it is completely wrong for that gag. That's where his Jewish part comes out. Strongly. I also hated that part that you're referring to. We'll leave that to the, like for people to watch that, but that was. I was like, okay, I can see the comedy you're doing, but uh, it was shit. <laughs> I didn't, didn't, I didn't, I didn't personally like it. I, I, I think that that for me, I was laughing at that scene really hard because it was like a um, the numbers just went so unfunny that it was funny. <laughs> I was just like, what? Who thought this was a good? Like, that, that was that was it. I wasn't yeah. laughing at like the cringe of the scene. I yeah. was. Oh no, no, I wasn't laughing at all. I wasn't cringing at what was happening in the scene. I was cringing at the fact that the writers wrote it and thought that it would be funny. Right. That's more what I was cringing at. It's like, how can you be so far off base with this? It just yeah. I, no, of, I, I think it, I just think it's one of those over the top fucking funeral yeah. scenes, just dialed up a little bit. And that's where for me, like they've they've dialed it, broke the knob off, and went, "Oops, Dad's gonna kill us." And that's what made me laugh, right. not the fact that the volume's blasting my eardrums out. It's just they're like, "Oops, why? Why this loud?" But yeah, like I can understand where you're coming from. There's definitely certain parts of it where, you like, especially like music cues mm. and the way that it's shot. This is so unfunny that I'm laughing that you hit the funny note button. Here. I hit the laugh track and I laughed. But yeah. I think a little bit of that, though, of the things they've tried also sort of fits into the kind of era that it was made. Mm. Whilst things it's, being a product of their time? Yeah, it, it definitely is because whilst it's a, I suppose, a very bad things-ish mm. sort of movie, it it's, is still troped in, I suppose, in that buddy film, in that, as you said, what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. And in that era of your Tomcats, your American Pies, your all those sort of things, they are scenes that you would see yeah, in, in those, those things. Yeah. Like yeah. you could easily, let's just picture yourself, it's made in 98, picture yourself and watching an American Pie funeral, yeah. how they might do some sort of stupid thing yeah. like that in it. Not defending yeah. what they did, but yeah. in that sort of thing, you might go, okay, well, this is what sort of other people are doing. We might try something like that. You think about your uh, Me, Myself and Irene's, mm. the ridiculous scenes you see, not a buddy film, but it's in that same sort of vein of comedy one thing i on the tone though i think is important to acknowledge of how they did something clever was with the individual people they had i was starting to think about okay what would the other characters um views have towards everything have been if it had been someone else who killed the prostitute and they logically i suppose picked the absolute correct person to yeah. have done it because yeah. they could have done the the buck for example yeah. and they, everyone would have had ties to him because that's all they were all there yeah. but the brother would have had less ties where yeah. he's directly involved because it's his brother it's his little he's brother trying to protect mm, yeah. and when you look at every single person why they 
like it was, well, no, it's if you look yeah. at other people that you could have had kill it like if Boyd had done it they probably would have just run straight away <laughs> yeah. you probably would have tried killing them in the room but yeah. you know what I mean um, no they're not the reliance to protect someone isn't there for mm. every single other character that there True. is yeah. I just thought it was a clever person to pick because in, yeah. in this movie it would have been so easy for them to have done the buck yeah um, which is what I was saying at the start like it's the reason why he's as bland a character as he is because he he's just there as a connecting mechanism to get the people in the room had he been the one to do it yeah, it wouldn't have worked as well as, as well film. as it did. Anything else on looks and tone? No, it is a dark film. Yeah, in in terms of tone, yeah, it it is. I will actually, I will say a bit more, especially in tone. None of the characters. I don't think you're meant to like any of them by no. the end of the film. Uh, as as the film goes on, you really just like the start, aren't yeah, they? they're just a reprehensible bunch of people who have done something abhorrent and are. Uh, Basically, just riding the waves of their misdeeds into hell. I I liked um, going to a bit more into overall. The, the dialogue is definitely the standout point of, the, of this, yeah. And it leads to any gags that are actually funny mm. as well. Yeah. I love as much as bad as it is. Mm. I love the scene where they're actually burying the bodies to start off with. Yeah, and yeah, there's a the moral conundrum the towards a suitcase. Yeah, and how mm. bodies should be put together by Jewish yeah. law. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the argument. That I've started, got the head. I've got the torso. It kind of felt like first watch through was that that was the primary point of them being Jewish is purely mm. to set up that, the one joke in the car and to set up that scene. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't really feel any reason for them to be yeah. Jewish besides setting up those gags. I liked those gags. I yeah. liked that main gag. I was Oh, the, the, drag, the joke in the car about the phone. It says, just say it. Just say, yeah, all right, you're a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the only part of the movie I actually laughed at. And, yeah, I loved the body scene where they're actually sorting bodies out. Yeah, the, the dialogue in this is very snappy. And the performances, the way that characters are yelling and talking back and forth and the camera will cut, the scene continuing so these people are continuing that conversation you've got someone very really trying to interact with other people whether on the phone or in there but there's other people yelling in the background having a continued conversation it all just flows between them telling each other shut up or continuing contributing to that conversation coming back to contribute to this conversation it all flows very very realistically and that's a great measure of well-written dialogue good improvisational skills by the actors and good performance and that's i think the strongest part of this film is those performances and and that dialogue so overall overall for myself personally it had been oh fuck a lot of years since i watched it i still enjoyed what I enjoyed originally, which was dialogue mm. and mainly Christian Slater's performance. Mm. I, I always think of it as in the back of my mind when I'm, when it comes up and you think, oh, that movie. I always think that movie that Christian Slater's in. And in the back of your mind, when you haven't seen it for a while, you start to think he, because he's such a good character, he, he's the he, lead. You always think he's the lead in it mm. until you watch it and you're like, oh, he isn't the lead. He's the mm. supporting character in yeah. that film. But he kind of takes the spotlight. He takes the spotlight mm. away. And he's like, like the iceberg really in Titanic. I, I sort of hoped, like, I hoped this was <laughs> his the propeller. Looking, looking, <laughs> the back. slaps off of yeah, <laughs> Looking back, I hope, I wish. This had have been his kiss, kiss, bang, bang, yeah. like Robert Downey Jr. got because, mm. like, he is a fucking great actor mm. and he is a great with some witty, fast-paced dialogue. Yeah. But the movie overall is very, very rushed, mm. and I, I had, I had forgotten, yeah. or, or probably didn't realize at the time because '98 probably would have saw it in '99 or 2000. I was only yeah. 16-ish, mm. so I pr- didn't realize how rushed it was. But everything happened so fucking goddamn mm. quick. There's no time to digest the scenes that you've yeah. actually seen. Yeah, it, it is rushing between tragedy to tragedy <laughs> to tragedy. Yeah. But at the same time, had they had filler in there and giving you those times to reflect, and they give you some brief moments of reflection. They usually, do. They usually do. when they're sitting in a diner after the fact. But if they're giving you more of that, I think it would have slowed the film down too much. And you'd be sitting there going, oh, my God, why? Just get to the point. Because it's not, it's not a drama. No. 
It's not about the human condition. It's not yeah. about having these discussions. It's basically, whew. So, uh, yeah, Killed we just, her. we killed, <laughs> yeah. Remember how we got those two people now? Now we've, that's, that's another death under our like, belt. I feel like if they replaced comedy with drama, it yeah. probably would have had a lot, it would have been a lot stronger. But the fact that they tried to make it a comedy, I feel like just withdrew away yeah. from it. No, for, for me, I think for you to add in that drama layer and replace it with the comedy, you'd have to change the structure too much. It would be a completely different film. Yeah. I think it works as a dark comedy. Yeah, it's it's based, but it's not a flat out comedy. I don't think it ever tries to be a flat out no, comedy. But I think no. it works in the realm of dark comedy. There's enough, I, I not as good as, but it's like in the same vein as uh, Death at a Funeral. Yeah. Where, um, and I'm talking about the English version. Oh yeah, no, not that. We don't talk about the other version. Where it had enough, like it, you could almost it almost delves into the side of drama, mm. but it's just flat out dark comedy. Well, that's what dark comedy is. It's yeah. dark. Dark comedy. It's comedy that's gotten a bit of a sprinkle. It's of it's down, it's, it's laughing in in spite of yourself. Yeah. In spite of your own morals. Yeah. Whereas even you guys just describing it now, you weren't laughing at the darkness against your yeah. own morals. You were laughing at the fact that it was so unfunny that it was funny again. Which no. Doesn't- well, yeah. In certain parts that was true for me, but there's still the dialogue that is that directly made me laugh out loud. Okay. But those yeah. those scenes where you get going, that was meant to be funny, and it's I'm not laughing. That for me was that wasn't meant, that was meant to be funny, and it's so funny that you thought it was meant to be funny. Yeah, but that, those weren't the only moments I laughed. I definitely laughed throughout with with dialogue and that kind of thing, or just the ridiculousness. I love the, the ridiculousness of, of the explanations like, towards wh- yeah, what how we're logically going to do yeah. this, and everyone's went yep yeah. That just like I, I guess I guess it's different talk. for me in that I didn't go yep no that's that's hilarious. I went. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> Why the fuck would they do this? Why would they let this man talk? But you're anymore? being moral. Yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to be moral. There's supposed to be a ticket guy at the start of this movie that says morals over there. Yeah. <laughs> he just points to the exit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the morals are for this. The Mike is our moral compass for yeah. this film. Oh, yeah. And it's pointing south. Mm. Oh, jeez. Oh. What do you think, Matty? Uh, overall, it's one of those films where I didn't like any of the characters, and I know I'm not meant to like any of the characters. There wasn't anything that annoyed me in terms of the way it was visibly shot. Um, there's a few times where I'm like, okay, it's a weird choice of pacing it, or, or like your, your background music stingers and that kind of thing. Overall, I liked it, I guess, but at the same time, I don't think it's one that I'll go back and watch again. Mm. I think once was enough, and it's not one that I'm sort of like, yeah, you have to watch it. Yeah, okay. I'll watch that. I think, it, sorry, in that in that sense, I, I'm on the same view of that. Like I said, I I remember it being better. I still enjoyed it. And it's one of those films, if someone was like, Christian Slater is a shit actor, like, hey, watch this film. He's actually quite good in this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was the obvious, honestly the standout. And probably if he was not in it. I, it would have been shit. I, I pro- if I he hadn't been in it, I probably wouldn't have it. picked it. As yeah. I said, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it before picking it fucking years and it was mm. in my mind even putting it on to watch it for this was like oh yeah that movie with Christian Slater and I was surprised because I couldn't fully remember the story mm. going oh he's in oh he's a supporting character mm. yeah yeah and even his involvement in my mind because he's sort of blows the rest of them away I suppose in performance wise I, I was like Oh, and he isn't even actually in it for that much time no. like he, he is involved but yeah, like, he's a supporting in, character you're yeah. thinking in your mind wow he's in it a lot yeah um, overall, nah, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was uh, very unfunny, and I didn't get the overflow effect where mm. it was a uh, you're you're telling us that this part's funny. 
I was like, you're telling it that's not funny. I don't find it funny. And it didn't go around the other way to, yeah. I'm finding it funny that you thought this was funny. I just thought it was terrible. I, it was very odd in this movie that there was, it was a very loud movie in that there was always a lot of sound from the start of the office scene, how it was always phones ringing, <laughs> stuff <laughs> happening, t- talking. And then the next scene is they're in a car and they're all shouting and they're all constantly talking as a group. The amount of, t- amount of screen time that was three plus people all shouting at mm. once was probably getting close to a third of the movie. Yeah. It was very loud and I actually started to get a bit anxious watching it because no one would <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> at any point. It was just shut up and think for a second is kind of what I was thinking for most of it. Yeah, yeah I did, did really enjoy it. There mm. was a couple of performances there that were really good, but past that, I, I don't see much here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just did feel like someone trying to be edgy. That's what I keep going back to. Is in just trying to push the envelope? Yeah, that is trying to like, oh, how bad is that? Oh, I'm gonna make they, I like, feel like they fail at that though. Because yeah, what that's they've what done, I'm... what they did is kind of been done before in other movies and they didn't really push the envelope. Maybe, I don't know. I feel like they might have failed on that too. Edgy teenager stuff. Mm. Um, would we recommend? I still would. I still like it enough. And especially if you like Christian, if you either don't know Christian Slater or mm. you think he's a shit actor, watch this one. Yeah. Uh, would I recommend it? Not really, but if you want to watch a Christian Slater film, <laughs> <laughs> or what an oddly specific caveat. Yeah. Uh, no, avoid like the plague. <laughs> oh come on! I wouldn't say like the plague. <laughs> I, said, I just imagine Mike next. I was like, "Hey, you want to come over for a movie?" No, Mike. We're gonna probably want to watch um, <laughs> Broken Arrow. Very, very bad things. Uh, and you just put on like one of those. <laughs> Plague mask, like mm-hmm. I'll get the fire ready. Yeah, that was um, uh, was it? Uh, go watch Hangover one through five before watching this one. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, that is an insult to oh, Christian Slater. Dear. Oh, jeez, no. don't even watch the first Hangover. This shit. Oh, is it the spoilery do's time? Spoiler do's time. Spoiler do's time. We're gonna grab some beers. I- Never actually found those. Did you guys like those movies? I could not. I've seen it. the first one. Thought it was mildly amusing at times. I what was the one we went and saw at the cinemas? I don't. I don't. I think it was like three it. or I something. Know. I don't, I don't think, know. Was I there? there was the giraffe. I'm pretty sure I've seen the one with Mike Tyson that it makes a cameo. I think that's the first. That's one. the first one. I'm pretty sure I've seen the one. I went and saw at cinemas with someone. And there was a giraffe got decapitated, and I was like, cool. Oh, I do remember the giraffe getting decapitated. Yeah, that's like the right side. I'm like, cool. And then I watched the first. Didn't enjoy any of it. Thirty. No, 40 minutes and then it was like Ugh. I thought you were going to say I've watched the first first 30 films I went yeah it sounds like they're on track yeah. <laughs> and just went nah mm. Mm. nah not a fan of them no speaking of films with you know a lot of numbers in their belt I'm considering for what of my next film choosing one of the later Land Before Times at oh, random fuck. oh jeez because they got the double digits friends they're they got like the double digits 14 or 14 and now. they got fucking 15. a lot worse and now it's time for the actual spoilers. Got a little bit off the rails there, but here we go. Spoilers. Mike, you want to do the honors? They kill a lot of people. A lot of people die. <laughs> um, including most of the main cast. Yeah, just go down the list in order. Brother. The eldest old, brother. The eldest brother gets hit by his brother in a car because he wants to run into his minivan. The older brother jumps in to protect him. To try to protect the minivan. Not moving! Gets smashed, which is fucking stupid. Sorry, hate it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Like, the man can jump, can't yeah. he? He has let. Anyway. No. Yeah. So, so the reason that happened was basically- I, I, Sorry. I just- My my cringe part at that point is he got hit so fucking goddamn hard. Yeah, he was, he was dead. He was He was dead. dead on he was case. not in hospital later on no. dying. Yeah. 
Like, uh, so the eldest brother, the one guy from Home Alone, Home Alone uh, is or freaking bush, or bushwhacked. Or bushwhacked. He's freaking the fuck out. It's getting to him. He thinks every time he sees a cop, he thinks the cops are on to him. He sees people on the phone. He thinks they're calling about it. He thinks everyone sort of knows. He's breaking down. He's cracked. Uh, and it finally comes to a head at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Uh, and they all basically sort of usher him out. And he's finally it's like, no, I've got to do it. I'm going to fucking call someone. The fuck, we're all fucking murderers. We're all going to fucking hell you fucking fucks. Basically slaps the shit out of his little brother a little bit. And little brother fucks off and gets his car, drives away, turns around, comes back and decides, like, yeah, he's going to smash his car into the, the minivan. His brother's beloved minivan. Brother jumps in the way. He's like, no, my minivan takes a bullet for it in a way. <laughs> doesn't Not do well. Does, does, doesn't do a good job. I mean, the president still has a hole in the back of his head after that effort because the car, both cars are totaled uh, with the eldest brother somewhere in the middle of that mess. Somehow survives. He's in the hospital and gets his last words off secretly to the wife. Everyone's standing behind glass. So what did he tell what her? What did he tell her exactly? And uh, so they end up getting called up by the wife. And the wife's like, she, he said something about... And he left a note. He left, left a note. note. So he felt guilty about a girl. He felt guilty about a girl in Las Vegas. What happened? And then actually this is one of the times when... It was actually clever. And it was yeah. actually well thought out. And yeah. I kind of the, enjoyed that it, part. And the, who was it? It was the buck, wasn't it? It was, it was the buck. John Favreau yes. was like, he Why? slept yeah. with a prostitute. And then everyone was, just adds to the story. Yeah. But it's no. like, only, what, only the evil fuck yeah, did. Boyd. Yeah, Boyd. Yeah. Boyd. He, he goes... <laughs> Oh, he does it all the time. It's not the first time. He yeah, has a thing for fucking oh, prostitutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. didn't need to twist that knife, my man. You yeah, but yeah, it. he did need to twist that knife because that's his character. He's yeah. a horrible person. Yeah, true. It's like that one lie could be known. It's like it was a mistake, and that's why he's feeling guilty. No, he's got no, no. It's a habit. He did it all the fucking time. It's like thanks, Boyd. You fuck. Uh, the wife sort of breaks down a bit, unhappy with that realization. Who's next? It's her. It's, isn't it's it? her. So he's yeah. like, no, all right, all right. We've calmed her down now. Everyone. Everyone goes. Like, yeah, Boyd tells him to go go for a thing. I'm going to just look, We're gonna make talk. sure Lois is all right. Lois, yeah, 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 Lois, Lois yeah. is all right. Yeah. And uh, picks a fight with her and she actually yeah. knows Kung Fu. Yeah. Uh, he tries to <laughs> smother her in her sleep because you think he's like, oh, all right, cool. He's like, yeah, I'm so sorry about that. You're sleeping. You're sleeping. Yeah. And he's because she called him a lying bastard earlier uh, during the exchange because he was like, nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's like, I'm not listening to the fucking liar. Fuck off, Boyd. Uh, you guys, what happened? She calls him a fucking liar. And he's like, oh, and this is for the liar thing. And then starts trying to smother her pillow. She fights back, bites him on the balls. Also yeah. not funny, that part. No. It was <laughs> meant to be funny. It was really painful. Yeah, she funny. she chowed down on, on yeah. Brown. <laughs> Fight ensues and he beats the crap out of a woman who knows Kung Fu and then calls the boys back. He's like, yeah, she's calmed down. Calm down. Yeah, so he yeah, wants yeah. to see Michael. She wants to see Michael, the little brother who at that point had broken... Michael? It was Michael, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. Michael who... Uh, Piven, who had broken down at the funeral, was... He's like, I killed my brother. I murdered my brother in the middle of a diner. And they're like... Ugh. So he's cracked as well. So oh, well, he's got to go. He puts a couple bullets in him. You hear a gunshot from the house whilst... Um, and you actually <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, bang! And you, the, the buck and uh, the weird one, the weird mechanic is sitting there in the car. And the weird one's like, I think I'm going to go join Greenpeace... Yep, I think I'm going to go help save the world. Bang! And then Boyd comes into the car, shrouded in shadow. Going, here's how. Here's what happened. happened. <laughs> Michael and Adam were. It's like so. Adam was married to Louise. Lo- or Lois. Lois. Yeah. Michael was in love with Lois. Told Adam at Vegas. Tried to get with Lois. She rebuffed him, and uh, that's why he left the left the wedding rehearsal, and that's why he killed his brother. And then he came to her and finished the job. And killed himself. And killed himself. Bull in the head. Are we all agreed? Like, yep, I guess. Okay, our friend is a psychopath. And he leans forward into the light. It's like, by the way, she could put up a hell of a fight. Like, He's got scratches and black eye and whatnot. <laughs> okay, so it's down from the five of them. So Three left. The three left. 
two dead, so there's two bodies there, plus the wife, three bodies, plus the security guard, four bodies, plus the original prostitute, five corpses. And then, and then he accidentally confesses... Oh, he doesn't actually. He confesses to his uh, fiance. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Diaz's character. Because uh, um, it turns out that Adam and Louise... Ha- Louis? 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 Louis. I can't talk. Uh, had not only entrusted the kids to them, as I stated earlier, it's like, you're the godfather. You want to take... I hope you take care of him if anything happens to me. And they say drunkenly before the prostitute killing that comes to a head because both the parents are dead it's like also there's a five hundred thousand dollar health insurance policy that gets left to you what but if you got the last didn't pay the last one so you get nothing out of that uh also the house is worth this much uh, except in this market it's not worth that much it's worth this much you're getting about fourteen thousand dollars and two kids Two-two-two. enjoy uh he breaks down he's like oh my god this is what happened and the wife's like i don't fucking care we're getting married we can fucking marry and get my wedding wedding day approaches is there? Yeah, is, is there? The it's it's now. it's wedding day. Uh, I forgot what happens next. So and she says to him, "You're killing Boyd, basically. Yeah. Kill him. Yeah, get rid of him." And oh no, Boyd died at the wedding, and they said, "Kill the other guy." No, the no, quiet no, guy. Yeah, there, no, no, no. She says, "Kill, kill Boyd," and then she says, "Kill more while you're at it." Oh yeah. right, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's like because they're two loose ends. Yeah. What? Why? Why does Boyd start getting? Because he wants the insurance money. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Boyd. Mm. Boyd thinking that this insurance money is like I killed them both. I should get a cut of your profits, friend. Give me the insurance money, and he's like, "Fuck off! I'm trying to get married." And also, there isn't. He's like, "Fuck off! You can't rob me, man. I will fucking do you like I've done everyone else so far." Fight ensues. Buck almost gets killed by Boyd, but the bridezilla comes to the rescue and smashes Boyd's head in, good and proper. And he's like, "Well, time to get fucking married." And she turns up, and then the buck. And the last remaining friend, the quiet mechanic. But you turn. can't keep a bad guy down. No. He starts crawling up the stairs. Giving himself a motivational speech as he goes. <laughs> okay, cool. Apparently, the, for whatever reason, the best man can't come. The can't make it. But we've got our five bridesmaids and one groomsman and a groom. Where are the rings? Um, Boyd had the rings. Like, go get the fucking rings. And, okay, quiet mechanic goes to get Boyd and the rings. Opens door into still standing Boyd. Boyd falls downstairs and... Dice. Well, then it's a brief little, and then death. They get the rings, get married. Cool. Get rid of the bodies. You got to go get rid of Boyd's body. This is from Bridezilla. Get rid of Boyd's body while you're at it. Kill the last remaining weirdo and also the dog, which had been mentioned previously, which apparently the bride's like, if we're killing things, we might as well get rid of the dog. Out to the desert. And that just stamped her as a horrible evil thing. I what I disliked about that is because you obviously because the ending was coming up, and you're like she. Even though she's a horrible, like she's horrible, Bradzilla, mm. she doesn't deserve the ending. Yeah, she does. But because they had that scene, mm. morally, like, oh, now she does. Mm. So it felt like they had to write that in there as an afterthought to make her be hated enough for her to have to suffer through the rest yeah. of it. So anyway, uh, it, it gets to the point where they've, they've, for whatever reason, dug up the original bodies. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah. Why did they, they dig they, up the they original bodies? They found a new bodies. spot for them. Cool good put boy in with them it's like cool just as our body collection pile in the desert now buck raises the shovel friend turns around it's like uh, cuts him alone in the car and then pans across friend's still there dog's still there it's like everything's fine he's like i couldn't kill him because the buck isn't a murderer and he starts to get distracted well he starts to drift along and you're seeing a montage of the various things people said what happened and blah 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 oh you got distracted driving Head-on collision in the car. Friend goes flying through the windscreen into the windscreen of the car. Oh my goodness, what has happened here? Cuts to the bridezilla polishing glass. 
And then it pans down to the backyard where the buck now double amputeed and his friend in the background has know, brain damage <coughs> and is in a quadriplegic. Yeah. Yeah. Is in a uh, mouth controlled mechanical wheelchair just doing donuts. Donuts. And two kids screaming that they don't want and to be. And a dog here. with three, three legs. legs. And then she walks, uh, Bryce walks downstairs, has enough of the situation. Husband has fallen out of the chair. The kid's like, <laughs> clean the bathroom, bitch. Guy's doing loop-de-loops, three-legged dog leaps <laughs> away, and she has a little mental breakdown, runs out into the street and screams to the sky. We zoom out, and that's the end of the film. So, I like it how you look to me immediately for that part. They also tried to go with humour with the quadriplegic that's spinning around in the chair that was painfully unfunny. No, hilarious. That was like a massive Stephen Hawkins gag. Funny as. Horribly unfunny. <laughs> um, absolutely terrible. Um <laughs> But the only thing that I enjoyed about that scene is the fact that through all of their moral bankruptcy and all the bullshit they've gone through, this is the hell they've landed in and that feels apt to what Mm. they've done. So I'm like, yeah, they've got their comeuppance there for Mm. all the shit they've done. You didn't have to make it painfully unfunny at the same time. True. (laughs) Could you say that perhaps they died in the crash and they were in fact in hell? Possibly. I didn't. No, I mean, no. Well, yes, possibly, but no. <laughs> I thought it was a nicer uh, that's way. That's giving the film too much credit. I, think. Mm. I thought it was a nice, a nicer way to end it in 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 a punishment sense. No one got away with it in a sense. Yeah. Like yeah. they may have all got away with it, but they all suffered for oh, what yeah. they had Their been lives were involved. Fucked after that. Good yeah. luck. Good luck saving a whale in that kind of a wheelchair. Mm. They won't let you on Sea Shepherd. It hasn't got ramps. <laughs> They only like able-bodied people. Let's put it that way. Can't hog a for dolphin love, for loving animals. On the boat. They really hate people. people. That don't have functioning legs. Yeah. Firstly, how would Mike prevent the film from happening? So every time that man has a wonderful inspirational speech, someone dies. Yeah. Stop listening to that man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, man, where were you in Germany in like the mid nineteen forties? You've been super helpful. Uh, <laughs> No. No. Nine. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, next week's pick was picked by Mike, and it's Enter the Void from 2009. The film is described by its director as a psychedelic melodrama. It follows Oscar, a young American man who lives and parties in the neon-lit world of Tokyo's nightclubs. He uses and sells drugs with ready but careful regularity, and this comes to a head when he is sold out by a friend and shot during a bus. The bullet ends his life, but not the story. And from here, Oscar and the audience are taken on an out-of-body journey across time and space, exploring the young man's past, his final days, and the effects his death has on the lives of those who remain. Visually striking and philosophically rich, the film explores concepts of nature and nurture, the meaning of self, the sources of personal morality, and the interconnectedness of people, place, and time, all from the first-person view of a soul seeking understanding and redemption through self-reflection. Give it a watch. And now a 10-minute conversation about people fighting animals, and who would win. What do you reckon is the largest animal you could beat in a fight? Largest animal. Unarmed? Unarmed to begin with. So just fist. Just just human body. Not even human ingenuity because there's nothing for you. The large, physically largest animal? Physically largest animal. Does it matter where the fight takes place? Uh, I'm going to say at the moment like a purgatory nonscape. So there's nothing for you to use. Just physicality versus physicality. Okay, so if it were, say, a purgatory non-state, is it kind of... Does the atmosphere or where you are morph depending on what kind of creature it is? 
By which I mean, if I said walrus, would I be on land and the walrus would be in the water? Ooh, interesting. No, you'd both be in the same scape. So we'll just say that there's ground. Then I think I could probably take a whale. Good answer. Good answer. But what if you could be beaten by a smaller animal than a whale? Well, good. Well, that wasn't the question. Just what's the largest what's the animal? What's the largest animal? Could, I reckon like a blue whale. Yeah, and they, they are they smacking skulls. That is and, true. That and is they true. flop about. And they've got all that blubber for that sort of protection, especially around the head and skull and that kind of I want to see one day, I would love to see where we get to a point that you can watch random fights and I would love to see a man take on the gorilla just to watch what a gorilla would actually do to a Immediately person. rip them in half. That's what I want to see that though. Yeah. I want <laughs> to see that. They would I want to see a gorilla go... Like a, a closer fight would be a man versus a chimp. No. Yeah, no, a chimp will still no. fuck you up. Chimp will chimp fuck you up. Yeah, no, no, be cl- yeah, but it'd be closer. Anyway, Silverback will just... Yes, I want to see him. Yes, but he wants to be in the crowd catching the head that gets thrown into the stands. <laughs> that's what he wants. He yeah, wants the bloodbath. He wants the, he wants to see a creature, a beast, rend human flesh and destroy a human soul. Well, with this question, though, humans are shit animals. Yeah. When it comes to... Very fragile. Physicality. And not that strong. We're shit. Like... You, pound dogs, for pound, like a dog. That's, what, that's why it's a question. People sit there and go, okay, "Well, look at that." I could punch this. Like in green like green room. Yeah, like okay, they're trained, sure, but mm. like if they fucking get, yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, so it's just like a dog, a quarter of yeah. your size, fucking murder you. Yeah. Real bad. That's why it's an interesting question. People sit like, "I'm smarter than with I'm smarter than a tiger." So yeah, but tiger got tiger got teeth. Yeah. And also they can bounce on their they tail. Can, they can, <laughs> the thing, they can, they can maul you very quickly yeah. and do significant damage. And you actually don't have the physical like, one strength or claws and or blubber as a defense to actually render them the same sort of damage. Mm. Like you- so maybe like a, a farm pig that doesn't have Ooh. tusky gory bits like a boar. Ooh, dude, have you ever been around a pissed off pig? Mm. No, I reckon you can take a far, like a smaller farm pig. Once those bigger pigs, even without tusks, nah. Yeah, like if they wanted to, they they are strong motherfuckers. To think of like the largest animal because it'll chew, most, it'll one bite yeah. through your hands. The most docile or the chicken. Most. <laughs> See, once they're angry, that's that's what I mean. Like even you think, oh, a cow's docile, but if you're an angry cow, they yeah. they gotta kick on. Mm. Yeah. Break bite. a leg. Mm. Yeah. So I reckon I could drown a chicken in a puddle of my piss. What a weird thing to do in a blank soundscape. <laughs> I mean, you could go like a goat. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure even if they... Yeah, go, I reckon, yeah. Yep. Goat. Yeah. Go to goat well, well, I think there's a certain mass which is like a guaranteed win. If you can pick it up, you can slam it against something. something? Yeah. Well, I mean, more like if it goes to hit you with its horns, you, you might take a hit, but you grab by the horns and then you could probably yeah, do yeah. some yeah. snapping business there. I'm They're sure pretty flexy. We did have a goat here for mum's 60th. Yeah, right. Yeah. I owned a goat for a brief period at home. Yeah, randomly in the backyard. Yeah. I want that instead of a lawnmower. No. Because <laughs> no. you have no. no lawn. You have no flowers. You have nothing. The goat will eat everything. And once okay. it's finished everything, it'll start eating the clothes on the line. <laughs> Honey, it's eating the fabric of reality. It's just chewing sky and the sky is disappearing. <laughs> it's no, like, it's bad a, goat! <laughs> it's like fucking Infinity War. I'd call it beans. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man doomed humanity to death today by Did you see beans. the meme for the fucking giant penis with Thanos? Oh, yes! Because <laughs> the big penis in town, they get yeah, rid of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the click, you got the snap, so it's 
shadow. <laughs> You're like, farewell, Peters. A brief history lesson. For those of you that are unaware, Newcastle once had a spire, a tower that was built to commemorate the bicentenary of the Australian Commonwealth and the Queen's visit to the nation for said occasion. The structure, known officially as the Queen's Wharf Tower, stood at just over 40 metres tall and was a cylinder of 180 steps to a domed observation deck. It looked like a cock and quickly gained the affectionate title of the Big Penis. Over the years, its usage for its intended purpose dwindled and it had become prone to vandalism and other delinquency, often being peed upon and in and or worse. Access to the stairs and deck became protected, the gate barred and locked. Top of these problems, the structure had zero wheelchair accessibility and no real way to fix this problem without a complete redesign. Not to mention the fact it was going to cost over a million dollars just to maintain it as it was. Sadly, the penis was taken down after 20 plus years of standing firmly by the water's edge. Which is an impressive innings for a phallus, considering you're supposed to see a doctor if it stays up past four hours. That's good. Okay. So it's got, a, I'm thinking like size wise, it's in between a goat and a horse, mm. like a land yeah. creature. Somewhere in between there. So I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be able to take a horse. So what the the scale in my mind that we need to address, like because there's the, the instant win scale, which is if it's below a certain size, we can pick it up and dash it against the But floor. then you've got something but, like a pit bull. Yeah, true. But so that's where my other scale comes in. It needs size can go up as long as its trust in humanity increases at an exponential rate. So that I, I think of it as like it's it's at a it's at a fight. So you're going into it and it's trying to kill you. True. You're trying to True. kill it. So you don't get the the surprise factor. You don't True. get to get the first grab and it only retaliates when yeah, you piss it off. Yeah, you don't get Gary the friendly cow. You don't get a chance to walk it's, up to him. Right. It is fight. And yeah. it's looking at you going, I need to kill you. And you're like, looking at it going, I need to kill you. You're in you. a fucking octagon in a pure white state. Mm. Like there's nothing else around. It's yeah. just a void but an octagon and you and... You both know you're there to fucking fight. Yeah. yeah. So, what an idea for a YouTube channel. This week, Mike's fighting a camel. I think a camel is just too large yeah. to do anything. And again, so be that kick. That, physically be able the to quadruped kick. The kick as well, because yeah. they got such strong legs, those quadrupeds. Even just, I'm sure, smacking you with its neck slash mm. head would be pretty... Yeah, true. Pretty yeah, and you're going to hurt it if you punch it, but you're not. I just don't think you're going to hurt it enough no. to yeah. no. really... I, and, your and best that's hope thing. would be to get a good hit on its head to daze it. Yeah, yeah. and, and you got to get so close to hit it true. that you're in a range yeah. of hurt. So, yeah, I, I think within that scape, it's, the animals are quite small, but... If we start to change the scenario and add things and basically add the humanity to it, situation of surprise. Oh, you have a well for a lot of animals. Well, it's when weapons come into play is when yeah. it starts to really go human's way. But well, that's like, the thing. Okay, the act of surprise wouldn't be that. That's when we we change change the the white scape that we're in. You're now in a standard office cubicle sort of setup. Yeah, that's when the human starts to win a little bit more. Yeah, once you can pick up mm. something, once you get a a even a chair, yeah, even a pencil, exactly right. Mm. Like, mm. Then you just get into yeah. camel. That's where we're massively pencil. adaptable, where yeah. we can become very strong with a small amount of resources. Help, yeah. Resources, yeah. Just a pencil to the neck a few times would be enough to, and then you just avoid it until it bleeds. I, so, think, so, I, I think you are under, underestimating the strength of a camel's neck. But I agree. Yeah. yeah How many fair. pencils to the neck does a camel take? But now I'm thinking of another situation where I've got to think of the animals and, and work our way up. Basically, you, you you start off with a chicken, 
we can kill the chicken. But you get, we'll say three minutes to do whatever you need to do to the chicken to have tools for the next round. It's like, cool. Now it's a fucking, it, it's a dog. All right. I've got chicken thigh shivs. <laughs> now I've got like the hind half of a dog flail. Cool. It's like, how many rounds can you work up? What comes after dog? Dog? After a dog? I'm going to... Into a goat? No, I'll probably go pig. Probably go pig because they're hearty. Yeah, pigs can actually take a pretty good beating. They're a thick skull. Yeah. And a thick amount of meat around it. But you think it goes from... Where does goat come into that then? Goat 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 doesn't really come into it. Goat goat isn't a randomised potential bonus round (laughs) (laughs) between chicken and dog. Okay. You're like, dog round. Even better. Just put your fist through one end of the goat out its mouth and you get yourself like a nice little sort of arm guard. How big do you think goats are? They're fucking huge. Yeah. Get them all the way up here. Arm guard. (laughs) Bend it in half. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry. So am I, actually. How good's goat? Goat is good. Goat is good. Goat is tasty. They taste like clothes because that's what they eat. Well, they taste like duck does the chicken mm. as goat does the lamb. Yes. A gamier street version. Mm. Love goat. Like, mm. Had a bit more of the wild in it. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. The end of the episode. At long last. We've been through a lot together. Here we are. The end. All right, we'll catch you next week. We'll let you, let you recover after you... Stockholm Syndrome, that is an hour-long podcast of us rambling. All right, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. It's over. You can go home now. You're free. You're free. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Why are you still here? not going to be like any hidden additional jokes it's just just the song you could be listening to literally anything else right now seriously good go away shoot
you're still here and you're not Kai? I mean, why? Why are you here? I mean, I expect our one fan to be listening, sure, but I mean, anyone else? Jesus. To this episode and, you know, the podcast in general. Alright, seriously now. I'm, I'm gone. I'm fading out. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Catch you next week. See you then. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Toodle.